Good morning, uh, Faith family. Welcome to our post-sermon discussion. I'm joined today with Nathan, and uh, we're, we're going to try to ask a couple questions that can maybe you can model in your home of how to continue uh, the, uh, the sermon this week uh, with your family. So Nathan, let's just start, because uh, we are family, yep. let's start with the fact that uh, how did this exposition help you? Uh, well, it helped in a lot of ways. This was just a packed sermon. It was, wasn't it? Yes, and Kyle did such a phenomenal job again <coughs> of uh, centering this on Christ um, in ways that I did not see in my pre, pre-sermon <laughs> yeah. reading by any means yeah. and uh, completely missed some of these massive points. Uh, so the first one um, of those big points that I missed that just was good for my soul was a reminder of um of christ's atonement and what atonement is as kyle talked about it is uh is gruesome Mm -hmm. atonement is gruesome because again that reminds me that you know my sin uh is worthy of of death and so it had to be my sin is so serious it had to be handled seriously and so it was gruesome and it was gruesome for Christ to bear my sin on the cross. Um, so, again, just the, those Christ connections, are, they're wonderful. They're beautiful. They uh, really show us the true meaning of the text. You know, yes, this was about um, a famine going on, David trying to rectify the issue that, that Saul had with the blood guilt. But ultimately, what is this about? It's about showing me that... Uh, God had a promised Messiah who would come and be my atonement, who would stand in my place. Uh, so that was wonderful for me. Uh, and uh, you kind of stole the, the one that, imagine that, the, that I would have yep. said also is, uh, it just hit me really hard in there that, because, you know, the, the atonement is, is always gruesome. Mm-hmm. And uh, he had... Uh, he identified me. He said, now some of us think it's just this, what are you, what are you, I don't remember how he said it, paper contract mm-hmm. type of thing. And I'm thinking, oh, that's, that's the way I have viewed this. Yeah. So it was good to be reminded of the fact that it is gruesome. And just like you said, exa- exactly like you said, how all this uh, ties together uh, with, with Christ, mm. with the gospel and... Um, so yeah, so that that just you know we've said it many times. We don't always know <laughs> what how he's how he's going to get to the gospel, yeah. but we know when we come here on Sunday morning, oh, yeah. who who whoever it is that's going to be preaching, we're going to hear the gospel. Mm-hmm. And and so uh, how he got you know to it today makes perfect sense on this side. If you'd asked me, like I said mm-hmm. last a uh, few weeks ago, if you'd asked me an hour ago, I would have like struggled. To yeah. Get there, so, but. Also, that's the wonderful thing about, you know, true uh, Christ-centered exposition is that we know every week we come to this church, we're going to sit under a story that I read the night before, curious what Kyle was going to pull out of it, and we're going to get a gospel connection, Mm -hmm. and it's not a massive leap. Mm-hmm. This isn't a, a jump in the dark to get to, uh, you know, we can we can fit Christ in here somewhere. No, we see that. I, I forgot to mention too, just the the symbolic number here yep. um, of seven, pointing to a perfect atonement. Right. And there is only one perfect mm-hmm. atonement, 
And so, um, yeah, I mean, another thing that I know we'll get to at the last question, but as actually as he was writing that out, uh, one thing that stood out to me was God's sovereignty uh, over um, sin. Mm-hmm. So we see, um, like Kyle walked out, or he laid out that, and made argument for why this was not God's original the plan. Errors. The yeah. errors. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I began to think about that, and I was thinking that, David, well, first Saul made the wrong decision, was broke his promise to the to the Gibeonites. But then David also did, made an error. He didn't do mm-hmm. everything right in that. And yet we still see the overarching picture is pointing to Christ yeah. and how God does that. You know, even through our sinful sinfulness, our mistakes and our failures, God is still sovereign, and His plan unfolds the way that He had it laid out before the foundation of the earth. That is you know, incredible and uh, shows us that he is worthy of our worship. So, so, you know, he did spend a lot of time talking about different sins. We, you, you brought some of those up, mm-hmm. Saul, David, uh, the Israelites uh, themselves, the Hebrew people themselves. Uh, but ultimately, did it help you evaluate any areas of sin in your life? Uh, yes, it did. Um, and actually, I had been had been on my mind throughout the week. I had read and uh, read another um, story uh, in Matthew of Christ uh, talking about those who fear the light, and that brought me back to uh, what Kyle said here and what what um, what we see with uh, this forty year old sin from Saul mm-hmm. that it was not forgotten, and that was on a you know a, a long standing promise, but. Um, God did not forget that that sin. And so I wrote here that God will not let sin lie in the shadows forever. Uh, he will bring it to light. Um, so that had been on my mind, you know, am I hiding uh, sins in my life? Because obviously before God I am laid bare, there is no sin that mm-hmm. I can hide from Him. And so that's convicting. Is it? It's scary. Mm-hmm. Uh, it should absolutely cause me to tremble. But also, on the same hand, it should cause me to, to fall on my knees in praise and worship of Christ who uh, was that perfect atonement for those sins uh, in my life um, and for me. So it's kind of twofold. It's convicting. Uh, it's, it is uh, scary. But also, it causes me to rejoice in the work of Christ on my behalf. Yeah, that was his, obviously his first real point was God is a holy God. No sin passes mm. yeah. unrecorded or it, it, we can't hide anything from him. And uh, we even in uh, our Bible, our course our seminar today, um, we, we brought that up. And so even, f- you know, I, I guess if you're not you could think, well, that's for the lost. Well, yes, it is for the lost, but let's speak specifically to believers. That's We need to know that that sin is not hidden. Hmm. It's paid for. Mm-hmm. It's not hidden. And the easy, in, in the, the, I'm not saying it's necessarily the easiest, but the easiest thing for us to do is to confess, fall on our knees, confess that sin, mm-hmm. admit to that sin, and, and just continue to, to, you know, hold on to the cross. Um, I think a lot of times, you know, I've, I've fall victim to this as I can be very 
general or generic about mm-hmm. my confession instead of being specific. Maybe that I don't know. Maybe that works for some people. I don't think that's the I don't think that's the healthiest way. I think is to be specific, to know that it's it's not like I'm it's not like I've hidden it from God. Mm-hmm. It's there, um, and so yeah. Anytime I I sit under th- this type of of sermon, it, it's can it. I th- what's wrong if it's not convicting? I guess would be the best way to say, if it's not convicting. What is that saying? Mm-hmm. It's saying more about me uh, or where my mind is versus mm-hmm. where, where the Scripture is. That's part of what this process is, is when we get together and the, the, the counsel of God is opened up and it's proclaimed and it's preached, it, it heals, mm-hmm. but it does cut. Yeah. And, and, and so when it cuts, I, I don't need to try to ignore that. I need to deal with it. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it... it, it can, it, it reveals lots of areas in my in my life of uh, sin yeah. that I that I need to be more forthcoming with uh, to to my Creator. Let me ask you this final question because we talked about this. this. There's so much ground. This was like a sometimes it's a marathon. This one was yeah. kind of really like a sprint. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> moments that kind of stood out to you. Things that stood out to you. Um, yeah, obviously the Christ connection that we talked about with the atonement, um, the symbolic number definitely stood out. Uh, just the perfect fullness, uh, the perfection of the atonement. Um, I kind of summarized it really quick, but it stood out to me that seven sons dying on a tree located on a hill as an atonement. That, that points to you know, the one, Christ Jesus, dying on a tree uh, that was located on a hill as an atonement for all. And, and Kyle laid that out, that these seven sons were hung for the sins of their father, right. but that God's son was hung for the son of his brothers and sisters. Yeah. And so just, again, wonderful Christ connection. Very thankful to uh, that Kyle had, has taught us um, and, and uh, preached that from the text this morning. Um, another one um, would be, uh, I guess... With the, the three errors, kind of another thing that was convicting to me. It stood out to me because I think it was convicting to me, but um, the third error specifically that was made by God's ancient people um, is that God wants his people to be promise keepers because yeah. he is a promise keeper. And that that was convicting to me because oftentimes, and I we try to make light of it by saying, well, you know, it's just something we say. Down here in the South, it's just a polite thing to say that, you know, I'll do this for you or whatever. But if I'm not following through mm-hmm. on that, or if I am taking it that lightly, that is, uh, that is sinful. Mm-hmm. And really, it's a poor reflection of the God that I serve, who is a promise-keeping God. So that was, that was um, convicting for me and really just something I want to keep in mind this week, that uh, God is a promise-keeping God. Therefore, I should keep my promises. And He is always faithful. Therefore, I should be faithful. Um, and then I think the last thing from the Philistine section, which uh, we hit on quickly in the last seven or eight verses, um, the, the last application Kyle gave us was Israel had some amazing uh, giant killers, but Jesus Christ is the ultimate giant killer. Mm-hmm. And he followed that up with, um, at the very end, which we already know Christ is victorious, but he will be victorious when he slays the, the greatest giant, the most hideous giant, uh, Satan. 
And so to me, uh, I just immediately wrote and thought, like, what great hope mm -hmm. that we have. Um, I may not be here to see mm -hmm. the, you know, the end of the world, uh, but I, I will from uh, a glorified body. But uh, I just ha I have so much hope that our king uh, is going to return <coughs> and he will be victorious and he will uh, slay the, uh, the giant that is Satan. And um, I just, I find comfort in yeah. that truth. Yeah. You know, and I could, I mean, we could just, there's so much here. This is a good example this week for a family that wants to take a piece in part uh, all, all week. Yeah. They do a little bit tonight, yeah. do a little bit tomorrow, and that would give you plenty of things to talk about. And so, but, uh, I, and so I could, I could do the same as you. I could just go through this all over again. I, I want to talk about what he said at the very beginning before he ever got into the uh, sermon. And he talked to children. Oh, or yeah. talked to parents yeah. about their children. And it was like a mini message uh, that, you know, my, my days of, of having little ones are, are over. Um, but there will be grandchildren and um, there will be time. I, I just, I just, I am so thankful for that. It was a, uh, just to, just a, an encouragement to, to young families during the busy week, uh, how hard things can be, but to take time and just teach them little. And he mm. used the example of the big number is the chapter, you know. Yeah. And I, yeah, I was thinking about that. It makes perfect sense. Let's just break it down from the and and let them be. Let us raise Faith Family Church mm. little theologians mm. uh, to grow up to be great theologians of men, uh, men and women of, of God. And so, I would, uh, I just think Faith Family take. Op take an opportunity this week to start that. You may not have done it. You may have, you know, look, be like me and look back in your life and think, man, I missed so many opportunities. Today is the day that you could start. Mm. And you can break this sermon down in so many different ways. And you could talk about a little bit according to, you know, how much uh, they can pay attention. But break it down a little bit and talk to them about that. And begin this process of, of just making little theologians. Uh, we look forward to seeing you again here next week, and uh, we'll just have a good week, and we'll uh, see you then. <laughs>